0: special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Summer in October. Good
1: afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. Put down that pumpkin spice. Only the calendar believes it's autumn today. From here right to the middle of the country, record and near record highs expected for the next couple of days, but enjoy it while you can. Cold Canadian air is on the way. We're letting the floodgates open up. This weekend is going to be vastly different. On Saturday, we're talking mid-60s. On Sunday, we may not do any better than middle 50s. And remember, those are the daytime highs. Yeah, WROC meteorologist Eric Snydhal says by Sunday night, frost could be back in the forecast. Our own Kevin Williams will update the listening area's outlook just ahead. Not wasting any time. Florida Republican Matt Gates following through on a threat to try to oust the Speaker of the House.
2: Well, I have enough Republicans where at this point next week, one of two things will happen. Kevin McCarthy won't be
1: the Speaker of the House, or he'll be the Speaker of the House working at the pleasure of the Democrats. Missouri Republican Jason Smith, chair of the House Ways and Means Committee, among those who's not looking forward to a floor fight.
0: It's a waste of time. The only way that Matt Gates could be successful at a motion to vacate to remove Kevin McCarthy as Speaker is if more than 200 Democrats join with him. Him.
1: A House vote to keep or kick out McCarthy from the speaker spot could come sometime this week. Meantime, about a mile from the Capitol, a member of Congress, Henry Cuellar of Texas, carjacked last night
3: it was three men who ended up approaching the congressman they demanded his car now the chief of staff said that he was actually parking his vehicle when these men came up to him earlier this year he actually joined house republicans to block reforms which critics argued would have softened dc's crime laws as the city fights a recent rise in carjackings we're talking more than twice as many as we saw last year by this time
1: Police say they have since recovered Cuellar's car. As expected, President Biden's son today pled not guilty to federal gun charges in Delaware. Hunter Biden faces three felony firearms charges, including unlawfully possessing a gun as an illegal drug user. The charges come after a prior plea deal that allowed Hunter Biden to enter a diversion program instead fell apart following scrutiny from a federal judge. His court appearance lasted about 40 minutes this morning. Hunter's attorneys have called the charges illegitimate. Also back in court today, former President Donald Trump. Yesterday, he vented after sitting through hours of court proceedings in the case brought against him by New York Attorney General Letitia James.
4: Anybody that does business in New York State is crazy.
1: When you have a radical left attorney general like
4: Letitia James.
1: Trump calls the state case against him a, quote, witch hunt. Safe and sound. The terrifying story of a missing nine-year-old girl in upstate New York ended happily with her being found safe. Charlotte Sana disappeared while riding her bike Saturday evening while on a camping trip in Moreau Lake State Park. That's about 35 miles north of Albany near Saratoga. A ransom note showed up in their family's mailbox. They found her alleged abductor from a fingerprint on that note. Trying to find... A match for a fingerprint. First one tried and wasn't successful. Second one was. New York Governor Kathy Hochul, they found a 47-year-old man in a trailer on his mother's property. little girl was found in a cabinet, covered. She was rescued. Officials say she is in good health, all things considered. 400 people were hunting for that child. The suspect, 47-year-old Craig Nelson Ross Jr., is in custody. He's charged with first-degree kidnapping, and police say he may face additional charges as well. The latest revival outbreak on a college campus grabbed a lot of attention, in part because it happened on a large secular campus like Auburn University. What started as a small prayer meeting ballooned into a mass baptism in a campus lake involving more than a hundred students. Tanya Pruitt helped organize the Unite Auburn event.
0: I heard one story after another. One particular girl who was isolated along in her closet, praying she didn't wake up the next day. And this was just one of many stories of girls who just felt like they couldn't cope and mm-hmm. they were not okay. And So I felt like I knew the answer and I had to do something and the answer was prayer.
1: But the Unite Auburn event is under fire now from the atheist group Freedom from Religion, upset that head football coach Hugh Freeze and some other Auburn coaches participated in the event. Jeremy Dice is an attorney with First Liberty representing Freeze and those
5: coaches. It's unfortunate that someone has such a cynical take on what is otherwise a remarkable movement across this country and there in Auburn where lives are being changed because people like Tanya and others are spending time praying and hoping that things will get done on campus for these students who are in desperate need of, mm-hmm. of someone to love them. Pruitt says there's no
1: denying the success of hers and other recent campus revivals and the growing need for prayer for America's lost student body. All right, still to come on the noon report, robots roaming the halls of western New York hospitals, free internet now for some Syracuse residents, and how New York and Pennsylvania are coping with repaying student loans.
5: Good afternoon, I'm Kevin Williams, looking at more warm conditions ahead the next couple days and nights, but a big change heading into the weekend. Forecast details are up in ten.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Kevin. Now checking the stories, making news where you live, around New York and Pennsylvania. Robotics have made big inroads in medicine, especially in guiding surgical procedures. But now they're also making it onto the hospital floor. Rochester General and Unity Hospital have introduced Moxie robots, which are cruising the halls to do pickup and delivery of medical supplies.
5: We're not here to take jobs away. We're not eliminating positions. We really understand um, as an organization that our workforce is really stretched as it is. So we want to do everything that we can to make their lives easier.
1: Rochester Regional Health's Casey Wilbert, who tells WAM News Moxie is assigned to departments such as pharmacy or dietary with safe, secure drawers inside to deliver supplies, with human personnel still the final link required to access what's being sent or delivered. Also on the high-tech front, internet access has become pretty much a necessity for everyone, but sometimes the cost can be prohibitive. The City of Syracuse has unveiled free internet service near some public housing sites to try to help ease that burden. Lead installer Giovanni Hines tells W.S. I
6: see a lot of lost hope as well, but you know, given what we're given here, um, I see a lot more smiles on people's faces. It's, It's a pleasure walking in the front door and they say, I'm here to give you internet, your free internet service.
1: The city's Jennifer Tift says she hopes that those access points are just a starting point.
3: Our hope really is that we can expand this network to all parts of the city. We know this is not the only part of the city that has challenges with households being able to afford the internet, frankly. And so um, this really creates the starting point for what is hopefully a citywide broadband network.
1: The service installed this week focused on the James Getty's building and the Toomey Abbott Towers. To Pennsylvania now, the attorneys general in New York and PA have joined 17 other states in asking for protections
0: for millions that are about to start repaying their student loans. Michelle Henry and Tish James asked the Biden administration to offer additional safeguards to borrowers as payments resume this month month for the first time since the pandemic three years ago. They said wait times on phone lines can exceed 400 minutes, and many people three years later don't know who's holding their loans now. They also asked for support and assistance to ensure payment rates are accurate and fair. Sarah Harnish, Family Life News. Thank you,
1: Sarah. Well, that loan repayment situation, of course, is a big deal to some
0: 40 million
1: student loan holders nationwide, including Alexa Solis at the University of Scranton, who tells WNEP.
2: I want to go to medical school. I'm hoping that my loans could eventually be forgiven if I do a year of volunteer work. Hopefully I, something like that could be beneficial towards
5: my loans.
1: Sajit Ghosh is a University of Scranton economics professor. When you do not have to pay loans for three years and you are suddenly hit with it, no matter what type of planning that you had in mind, it's not an easy task to get adjusted to that. Ghosh says the mass loan repayments are going to have a noticeable impact on America's economy, which is still struggling nationwide. The Erie County, Pennsylvania, first responder community is still mourning the passing of one of its longtime and most respected members in a house fire. The Friday night blaze claimed the life of Edinburgh Fire Department life member Mary Ray, who also worked as a paramedic for emergency care for 30 years. Edinburgh Fire Chief Patrick Davis tells Erie News Now that community support is helping them cope with a very painful loss.
5: Just pulling together. Find after incidents like this, It truly shows how special the people that do this are.
1: Emerging Care Supervisor Harry Lotta.
5: Mary was an absolute gem. She was a leader of leaders. For those that knew her, no nonsense. This is the way it needs to be done. This is the way you're going to do it. And this is the way I'm going to teach you how to do it.
1: Funeral arrangements for Mary Ray are still being worked out with plans for a future celebration of life service in the works. Her husband, Jim Ray, is also a life member of the Edinburgh Fire Department, but was working his job as a school bus driver at the time of that fire. The House Game and Fisheries Committee has moved forward with a measure that would fund wildlife rehabilitators. House Bill 1522 was approved in committee Monday. It would give those groups the chance to apply for grants from the state based on the number of wild animals that are under their care. Some hunting groups are to the idea because the legislation would be paid for with grants using money diverted from the state game fund, which comes from hunter licensing fees. And speaking of animals in PA, they found Tank. You might have heard the story a week or so ago of Tank the Tortoise, who made a daring low-speed break from his outdoor enclosure at the Mahoning Valley Animal Hospital near Layton. It was the third time he's gotten loose, in fact. The tortoise was finally tracked down in West Penn Township. That's about two miles miles from the hospital and hospital staff say tank is in good health despite his outing and is also being fitted this time with a gps tracker in case his wanderlust gets the best of his judgment again all right that brings us to a check of sports
6: Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Mark, it was all Seattle last night in East Rutherford as the Seahawks dominated the New York Giants. 24-3 to was the final. When you allow your quarterback to be sacked 11 times, you know it's going to be a long night. Seattle also got a 97-yard pick six as the Seahawks move to 3-1 and one on the season. The G-Men fall to 1-3. Well, it's finally here. Major League Baseball's playoffs. They are set to begin and will start in Florida as the Tampa Bay Rays play host to the Texas Rangers. Jordan Montgomery will tow the rubber for the visitors while Tyler Glasnow gets the nod for Tampa Bay. In Minnesota, the Twins will try and snap an 18-game postseason losing streak as they take on the Toronto Blue Jays. The last time Minnesota won a playoff game, back in 2004, the last time they won a playoff series, 2002. Pablo Lopez will try to reverse that trend as he goes for the Twins. He'll be opposed by the Jays' Kevin Gossman. The American League games are afternoon contest while the National Leaguers play tonight. Milwaukee will host Arizona, throwing Corbin Burns, and the D-backs are countering with Brandon Fatt. The Brewers are going to be without one of their aces in this series. Brandon Woodruff is out with a shoulder injury. The final game of the evening will be in Philadelphia and it will be an intriguing matchup. Both the Phillies and the Marlins really evenly matched during the regular season. Miami beat the Phillies 7 out of 13 games. Zach Wheeler gets a start for Philadelphia. Jesus Lazardo going for the Marlins. That is a look at sports.
1: All right, thank you very much, Randy. Still to come on the Noon Report, a recap of our top stories, including the move to oust House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. We'll have an update on the war in Ukraine for you, and also an interview with The Sound of Freedom, a local group fighting human trafficking.
4: Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look in an ever changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. In many ways, abortion, perhaps more than any other single issue, symbolizes our society's core beliefs. Simply put, Christian societies do not kill their smallest, most vulnerable members. Pagan societies do. In a fascinating recent essay that was published over at First Things, Louise Perry argued that the fight over abortion is really about whether we'll remain in any real sense a Christian society or will repaganize to the beliefs and values of pre-Christian times. Perry is the author of the recent book The Case Against the Sexual Revolution and she's not a Christian, though she does admit she finds Christianity attractive. Perry opened her essay by citing a Scottish poet, Holly McNish, who wrote that archaeologists know they found a Greek or Roman and brothel when they unearth a pit of newborn baby's bones. Hearing this poem for the first time gave Perry the same, quote, painful, squeezing, swooping sensation that she first felt when she heard a graphic description of abortion. And she realized something that pro-lifers have long argued, that abortion is really a form of legalized infanticide and not all that different from the kind of baby killing of the ancient world. Though Perry is still pro-choice in certain cases, she admits, she's clearly uneasy about it because she sees how abortion and infanticide exist on a kind of continuum, she calls it. One that includes other ancient practices like slavery, the sexual exploitation of women and children, and the general disregard for the weak and the poor. Historically, only one group of people ever objected to all of these things. Here's how Perry put it, quote, The supremely strange thing about Christianity in anthropological terms is that it takes a topsy attitude toward weakness and strength. To put it crudely, most cultures look at the powerful and the wealthy and assume that they must be doing something right to have attained such might. And it was into this predatory, power-centric pagan world that Christ stepped in. Christ who defeated the powerful through submission to death, even death on a cross. After his resurrection, his followers then began to insist on the innate and equal value of all human beings and began condemning practices like infanticide and slavery. And as authors like Tom Holland have pointed out, these Christian ideals didn't vanish with the rise of secular humanism. In other words, Western progressives owe their moral instincts to protect the weak and vulnerable to Christians, even if they scoff at the very idea of the Christian God. And therein lies Perry's problem. There's not a group weaker or more vulnerable than unborn babies, and yet these are precisely the victims that feminists and secular progressives insist we have to ignore if we're to advance sexual freedom. And we've all seen recently just how much the rhetoric around abortion is heating up, both against those who work to save pre-born lives and now for the legal extension of so-called medical aid in dying to children with disabilities. All of which is why, Perry concludes, the legal status of abortion represents the bleeding edge of dechristianization. Stepping decisively away from the influence of Christianity in our world will bring back an older, darker set of values in which the strong exploit the weak, and no one objects. Such a world would truly be, once again, pagan. In this world, women, the poor, and other vulnerable classes would not fare well. Historically speaking, equality, human rights, the protection of the weak aren't self-evident. They're part of a distinctly Christian heritage shaped by a distinctly Christian vision of life in the world. As the values of our pagan past grow more and more influential and pervasive today, progressives should take note that a society built on baby's bones won't long respect the rights of anyone except for the powerful. For that kind of respect, you need Jesus Christ. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co authored by Shane Morris. And for more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org.
1: All right, let's check in now with meteorologist Kevin Williams.
5: I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your family life weather forecast. Mostly sunny and warm this afternoon, the high mid-70s to the middle 80s. Mainly clear tonight, some patchy fog again late, the low in the mid-50s to low 60s. Sunny and warm tomorrow, upper 70s to mid-80s. Thursday, partly sunny and warm with high temperatures, mid-70s to the mid-80s.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Kevin Williams. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster. Thank you again for joining us. Let's recap a few top stories here. Late this morning, Hunter Biden entered not guilty pleas to felony gun charges in federal court in Delaware. The president's son was indicted on three firearms charges last month, including unlawfully possessing a gun as an illegal drug user. The new charges come after a prior deal to see the gun offenses dismissed fell apart after it was scrutinized by a federal judge. An upstate New York girl who went missing during a camping trip two days ago has been found safe. Governor Kathy Hochul confirming that nine-year-old Charlotte Senna was kidnapped and that her alleged abductor is in custody. There had
0: been a DWI in 1999 in the city of Saratoga. A
2: fingerprint was found that matched what was found on the ransom note.
1: This friend of the family among those very relieved at the happy outcome.
2: Just a wonderful family, and they don't, no one deserves this, but... It's very sad to think that they're going through
1: this right now. Sana went missing Saturday night while camping with her family near Saratoga, New York. In Ukraine, the country's Air Force says it shot down 29 of 30 Russian attack drones overnight. There's now a Ukrainian drone unit that's had some success penetrating Russia's air defenses in eastern Ukraine.
4: This pilot commands the state-of-the-art R-18 octocopter, totally designed in Ukraine. What's the biggest thing that you've destroyed? Thanks. We've dist- destroyed $40 million worth of Russian hardware in the past month, says their commander. And they will need even more drones. Where do those drones mostly come from? China, mainly, amongst other places, he tells me. But Beijing officially banned its drone makers from exporting to Ukraine and Russia September 1st.
1: Despite that ban, Ukraine is still getting its drones through middlemen from China. The American soldier released from North Korea last week has been reunited with his family in Texas. The Pentagon says Private Travis King met with family members over the weekend. King made international headlines when he darted across the border into North Korea back in July. King is still facing potential punishment after a stint in a South Korean jail earlier this summer. And you could call it the most expensive parking ticket ever, out of this world even. In this case, the bad parking job involved a telecommunications satellite high above the Earth.
4: The fine of $150,000 on TV company DISH is for failure to properly deorbit a satellite called Echo Star 7. It was in orbit since 2002. The government claims DISH moved it to a lower altitude than agreed upon, and it could have posed orbital debris concerns. The European Space Agency has Estimates nearly one million pieces of space debris big enough to disable a spacecraft are in the Earth's orbit.
1: Getting pretty crowded up there. CBS's Cammie McCormick reporting. You're listening to the Noon Report on
0: Family Life. trafficking the illegal trade of human beings 40 million people are enslaved 5 in every 1000 in the world it's a real life sound of freedom movie and the group A21 is rescuing people every single day I'm Family Life News anchor Sarah Harnish, and today we talk with Lawrence Mori, who lives in Corning, New York. His daughter Anna just left for 10 months of intense human trafficking work in the nation of Nepal with the relief groups A21 and I Thirst. And now you can take part. Let's listen in.
2: It's hard to talk about without even getting choked up, but they can now have a place they can live where they're safe they're safe. They have Christian people there taking care of them, helping them, training them how to make a living. So now they don't have to try to figure out how they're going to get their next meal, but they can learn how to bake bread. They can learn how to do things for themselves so they can now support themselves and support others they care about and don't get pulled into situations that are really, really difficult and bad for them. Mm
0: -hmm. Can you give me a bird's eye view? I mean, most people have never set foot in the nation of Nepal. Most people maybe don't even know where it's at (laughs) they know it's somewhere by India right can you just kind of walk me through what it feels like to get off that plane walk into some of these villages what you see what you smell what you hear what caught you off guard take
2: us there sure It's pretty amazing. They're on the other side of the world. They're between India and China, basically. And they're 11 hours ahead of us in terms of time zones. When you get out of the airport, it's Kathmandu. It's a large city, but not like a city here. It's mostly dirt roads, lots of mopeds and motorcycles and bicycles and people walking, some cars, but kind of like crazy chaos. No traffic lights. People just stop and then you'll see 50 or 100 mopeds and they all kind of decide who's going to go when and where. So it's kind of crazy like that. There's parts that are very developed and you'll have some sidewalks and paved streets. But for the most part, it's a very undeveloped nation. And then when you go to the people that really need help, you're going outside of the city and you're going up mostly into the mountains. To do that, you're driving sometimes for hours along crazy curved roads where there's drop-offs. If you go off the drop-off, you're pretty much going to meet Jesus. (laughs) And you drive for hours and then you get to where you can't drive any further. And then you walk for 45 minutes or an hour. It gets me choked up to think about it because these are people that are, they're so kind, they're so loving, they're so caring. And yet they live up in these mountains with nothing. And because they're up in the mountains, the only way they can grow their food is they take the huge hill and mountain and they make parts of it level. So you'll have maybe like a 10 foot by 20 foot section that's level. And then there's a a huge incline and then they'll make another part that's level. And so they do the best they can. They live up there. They get their water from up there, from streams. They grow their crops up there. They build their huts up there. It smells like you're out in the country. It looks like you're out in the country, but you're you're so far from everything and everyone. But it's like a very loving, kind people that were born into situations where they don't have creature comforts like we have. And that's normal to them. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And it sounds even like they don't have basic necessities if they don't have clean drinking water or safe places to live that they know that they can go to bed at night and be okay. That's very scary. So out of that environment of poverty, of lack, of no hope, comes human trafficking. It is a way to survive. Sold for sex taken from their homes, taken from their fields with no warning. Your organization rescues those girls and gets them on their feet. Yeah, Mary Gillis is part of the local group in upstate New York partnering with A21 and iThirst. Mary, I want to have you talk for just a moment and tell me a little bit about what you're doing here to make a difference, because not everybody can get on a plane and go to Kathmandu.
3: (laughs) Right, right. When our church found out about what was happening with human trafficking, and it's not just a global problem, it's also a problem here in our own country, here in our state, here in our little town, we knew that we had to do something. And that's when we um, got connected with the A21 Foundation which we know works with people in all other countries, but also helps people do something locally. So something they do every single year, this year it's on October 14th, that we're doing a walk to raise awareness. So what does this do? A lot of people locally don't think that human trafficking happens, or even that it's a large problem, when in reality, there are more people in slavery now than ever before in history. which is a crazy fact, and when you think about all those people affected that have been taken from families and up ones and that are being held against their will, it makes you feel like, I have to do something. So when we walk together, we're helping people know that there's a problem and see the signs of someone that is being human trafficked so that they can do something. They have phone numbers that you can call to report. But really, we're walking to raise awareness to say there is a problem, and we have to, as a society,
0: do something. Can you give me some logistics on the walk if somebody wants to take part in that? Yes, you can
3: register on any day leading up to the walk. That's happening on October 14th. You can sign up online to walk with us in Corning, New York. You'll find out at www.a21.org slash corning. It'll take down some of your information and you'll be set up on the email list to walk with us. But we'll be walking in downtown Corning, just about under a mile, walking down some of like the main streets so that people can see us and be aware of what's going on.
0: Hey, under a mile sounds great. That's my kind of walk. Like, hmm, is this a 5K? No, that's wonderful. (laughs) Mary, why do you do what you do? Why is this important to you?
3: Yeah, so... I actually, I watched the movie, The Sound of Freedom, and that's when I really started diving into the logistics of what is going on with human trafficking currently. And once I started to learn some of the statistics of what was happening, I knew that I needed to do something. There's a verse in Matthew that talks about Jesus saying, if you've done it for the least of these, you've done it for me. So for me, that's where my word comes through is saying like, I would gladly do that for Jesus, right? So when I think about other people that are forgotten, that are hungry, that are being held against their will, that are being forced to do something they don't want to do, I think, of course, I want to
2: do this. What about you, Lawrence? I'm an engineer, a scientist. That's what I do for a living. And so I get to work with stuff. But as a believer, I know that what's most important is people. And so it breaks my heart when I find out that there are people that are being used by other people that are being trafficked. And because of the connection in Nepal and because I was there, I saw signs of it. And with my daughter being back there, you know, she's able to help, but the signs and the trafficking that really happens is so apparent. It's more apparent in other nations than in the United States. In other nations, it's kind of like they know it happens and they're not sure what to do about it. In America, it's very hidden. And so people don't even realize it's happening. And so just the thought that people that were created by God in His image are being used by other people, it breaks my heart. And so I know people that do the work, like what The Sound of Freedom was about, that not on the big screen, these people are really going and rescuing people and bringing them back. So we can't say their names. We can't say, you know, where they're doing what they do. But I personally know people that have done that and are doing that. And so any way that I can help, I've been a part of this walk, like you said, one mile. Wow. You know, we can walk one mile. My daughter went, I'll have her- across the world to be there for 10 months to help. And so I'm so glad I can do something simple, like I can walk to downtown Corning and I can do a mile walk and bring awareness. It's going to be so powerful. Just imagine hundreds, maybe thousands of people in a line, all dressed in black, making a statement. And people are going to ask if they weren't aware of it and making a statement that we're standing against human trafficking. We're standing for people created in the image of God and being made to be free. It just hit me so hard that we can do something and we're doing what we can
0: lawrence maury mary gillis a21.org backslash corning i thirst go check it out october 14th is the walk, in. you can take part and be part of something bigger
1: Thank you, Sarah. You can catch our noon features online anytime at familylife.org. Just ahead, the Australian couple who are loving living the cruise boat life.
5: Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. It's more of the same around here. For this afternoon though, mostly sunny, warm and dry. High temperatures mid 70s to the middle 80s. Mainly clear tonight. Some patchy fog again late. low in the mid 50s to low 60s. Sunny and warm tomorrow, upper 70s to mid 80s. Looking at a Thursday, partly sunny, continued warm. The Thursday high, 76 to 86.
1: All right, thank you, Kevin. Enjoying this little late dose of heat here. All right, finally at noon, people pricing retirement or nursing homes sometimes joke that it'd be cheaper to just live on a cruise ship instead. Well, meet some people living the dream, Australian grandparents, Marty and Jess Anson. They've been sailing the seven seas in style for more than 500 days straight now, going for the gold in their golden years, taking 51 back-to-back cruises, and still counting. They say they did the math and the cruising life was just cheaper, not to mention a whole
0: lot more fun. It's a lifestyle. Where else can you go? You go for dinner. You go to a show, you go dancing, through the day you have all these
6: activities and I love the hula dancing and the, and the ballroom dancing. So this was the perfect answer really, go cruising, do, do, see the world and meet these
1: people and make lifelong friends. and. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> it's a wonderful life indeed. Other perks include having someone else clean up after you, make your bed. Marty jokes, don't even remember how to make their own bed anymore. At least we think he's joking. The cruising retirees have even become celebrities of sorts, being treated like royalty aboard the Coral Princess. They're on a first-name basis with captain and crew, and even fellow passengers who've heard about their tremendous travel tale. And they say they plan to keep right on cruising for just as long as they can. Well, time for us to shove off. That's the world we live in for Tuesday. October 3rd 2023 as always thank you very much for listening I'm Mark Webster family life news
0: you've been listening to the noon report heard weekdays on family life thank you for listening